are running around the Kairos anymore. But that's been a football club here since 1864. Trying to do the town a city proud. Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground. Welcome back to uh, Racecourse Ramble. We uh, did manage to get a game in after all on the Tuesday night. It was a shame that we had to miss the weekend. More uh, football bureaucracy getting in the way of common sense. But um, we uh, at least we're back up and running now with a great win against Dagenham. So uh, it's Thursday night today. Me and Richie and Alex managed to get together and have a chat about uh, about that game because we were all at the game. About the current sort of news going on, the updates around the reserves and sponsorship, etc. And we had a look ahead to the uh, to the game at the weekend. And uh, following that little chat, I'll also drop in a little segment I did with uh, Liam from All at Sea Fanzine, Southend Fanzine, about his thoughts on Wrexham's visit to uh, Southend. But we'll start with uh, me and the boys chewing the fat over uh, what's been going on. Right, we're back. There we go, and we're back as the we're back as a mini team. Uh, Richie's joined us again after. Was it the Dominican Republic? We were talking about it. Actually, it was Dominican, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think you've got a burnt nose as well, haven't you? It's starting to peel. Yeah. Uh, it's pe- Oh, and broken fingers or something. Oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> Nightmare. Uh, and Mister Mister Carter, how's the move going? Um. Yeah. Well, it's done now. All moved into a new place. Um. Just not got Wi-Fi, hence I've stayed behind at work, uh, found a spare office at the back, and hopefully they don't find out, I'm sure. <laughs> we, we might have an eviction, might we, mid-podcast? Yeah, if the uh, security team come and drag me out, um, <laughs> I'll send you my score predictions by a <laughs> WhatsApp later. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so should we start with Tuesday night? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, much to my surprise, we were all there. I thought you were still away, Richie, for some reason. So, um, I guess uh, where do we where do we start with that? Anybody oh. take somebody take the lead on it on any subject? I think it was a really good performance. I do first half especially. I think it's the best I've seen this season. Um, we did literally when they say play them off the park, we were all over them. We were all over them completely. Um, second half it dropped a little but but then we went again so that was a good thing for me but I think the last 15 was always going to fade out when you're taking off your two main strikers uh, obviously one for an injury and the other one just to give the other, to give Dalby some minutes as well but no I think it was uh, listen, disappointing with the goal to concede at the end and you can see that on the players reaction as well the goalie and Hay- Aaron Hayden was still going bananas after the final whistle because he wasn't happy what one bit um, it was sloppy, but you can be forgiven when you're 4-0 up, I think. You know, it's if it's different if we, if we were holding on to a 1-0. But I don't think this team will be holding on to many 1-0s. I think we will always find that we can score two or three goals every game. Yeah, they were furious at that. I don't know what, a couple hundred quid gone in a clean sheet bonus. Uh, Mark Howard wasn't happy. <laughs> uh, like you say, Hayden was remonstrating, wasn't he? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd echo that. It was 
It was comfortable. I don't think we were ever under any pressure, really. don't think they ever looked like really troubling us. Um, they, they lacked quality in the final third, surprisingly, given that they've got Junior Marais and uh, McCallum. Um, but it, it, I, was nev- I never felt worried when I was, when I was there, really. Um, it was quite a dominant display. And um, I, th- I think, I wonder whether that extra few days did them good, a bit more prep time, perhaps. Um, did you did you commentate in the end, Alex? Um, no, I was meant to commentate on Saturday. Um, obviously, you got called off, so I was there as a fan. Um, I presume we're going to talk about perhaps the uh, the minute silence later. So I'll I'll speak about the football first. Um, yeah, I'd echo what you two said. I was expecting a tough game against Dagenham. They looked good both times we played them last season. Obviously, they thrashed us um, when we could have won the league. And I was expecting them to to come to the race course, give us a a decent game. Um, Obviously, they've got McCallum, Marias, two very dangerous players. But as Richie said, we uh, played them off the park from minute one. I think... Definitely the best performance of the season um, in terms of games I've seen live. I think Ford and Mendy, the two wing-backs, were excellent. And Mullen and Palmer, it's just a joke now how good they are. Um, And it was comfortable and a very surprising, um, probably scoreline. I I don't think anyone saw 4-0 come in or 4-1 in the end. I think most people were, were wary of Dagenham, but to play him off the park in that fashion is, uh, is very, well, it gives me a lot of confidence going forward into the next new games. Okay, let's touch on it then. Um, I actually tweeted while I was sat there waiting that I, I was anxious about the silence, um, only because of what I'd been reading and what people were saying. Um it sounds like a small pocket of half a dozen or so people did sort of uh, did have a go. Um, I don't know the numbers. I don't think the club have said anything either, have they? Um, just no. the, the sort of the, the word of mouth is it was half a dozen people or something. But obviously it was made worse by the fact that then people started shouting back at them, booing at them. Um, and then all the ruckus going back and forth when we were meant to have this silence. Um, and I did read, sadly, um, on Twitter that, uh, at some point, somebody did start singing "Lizzie's in a Box" uh, that song, so that was a bit of a that was a bit of a, a low blow. That one, um, I, I didn't hear that from where I was, but uh, somebody uh, I know on Twitter um, said he, he'd heard it. So, um, you know, I believe that I, I believe that person. So it was just a shame, really, but it was predictable. We talked about it, Alex. It was always coming, wasn't it? We, you know, we did say just do an applause, but deaf ears. Um, I don't think we should have to do an applause. I think you'd expect fans could be, regardless of your political or your royalist opinions, <clears throat> can we not just keep quiet for, for 60 seconds? And fair play to the people who aren't royalists who wanted to stay in the concourse until after the silence. Respect that. Yeah. Honestly, respect that. Um, but like you say, you knew it was coming. And in a crowd of 10,000, you are going to get 10, 12 idiots who want to make a name for themselves or haven't got much respect. Um, and regards to the chant, Lizzie's in a box, I'm sure most of our listeners know about the other sort of version of that song, which was heard at Chester about Chester, seven, yeah. eight years ago, yeah, when one of the Wrexham fans died. So 
you would surely the fan who sang that you would hope didn't know about that song because it's a, a sensitive one um, in terms of, well, for Wrexham fans. So A, to hear the booze at the start and then B, to hear that as well. Just It did put a dampener on the night, really, because it's it's not where what we're about, really, is it, a Wrexham? You can have any political opinion that you like, but we want to be respectful and we're in the public um, eye more than ever with a documentary with the owners and... I'm sure the owners have heard about it as well and they must be uh, very disappointed as well. So, yeah, just soured what was a very good night footballing-wise. Richie, what was your thoughts? Uh, obviously, I I haven't listened to last week's, but I completely agree about the applause. Even my wife said, why didn't they just do the new applause? On the other hand of that, like Alex said, people staying in the concourse, that's fine. That, you know, But if you strip everything back and you take her title away... She's still a human being. She's still a mother to somebody. You know, when we go to away games and them teams do a minute's silence for one of their fans who's lost, we don't know who they are, yeah. but we still observe it, don't we? Yeah. You know, so, and if somebody can't be quiet for a minute to respect and for people to remember somebody, then really are they the kind of people that we want following our team? Yeah, there was a. I was sort of. I I took a lot of stick. I I know the guys at Rob Ryan Red did. I'm not sure if I shared some of the messages with the with you, Alex. That uh, some of the messages I was getting being called a clown and stuff for asking people to sort of you know just respect it. Um, uh, but I was just sat there thinking, you know, you're you're at that point when you're in the ground, you are representing the club, aren't you? So you know, for the club's sake, just you know keep your views to yourself and then afterwards when you're outside and you're walking up the roads with the greatest respect shout what you want you know yeah. because it does does it does reflect on the club sadly um you know uh, uh, and I'm sure Ryan and Rob rolled their eyes and just thought we've kind of seen that coming if they you know I'm sure they'd have been briefed um so yeah it was it was it was a shame but fortunately it didn't mar the result uh, and the performance, because obviously, uh, you know, I did actually read quite interesting. I don't know how true it is. Somebody posted that um, Ollie Palmer's dad was a bodyguard to Prince Charles for, uh, is it 20 odd years? I don't know if you, uh, Richie's nodding, uh, Alex nodding his head. I don't know how true it is. There was a photo and it did look awfully like he could be a relative of Ollie Palmer. And you just wonder what they're thinking, don't you? You know? Yeah. The thing is also that. Obviously, you can't change people's opinions and things like that, whatever. But it just gets back to the fact of that: are they just not educated enough? Are they just do they just jump on the bandwagon of what of what people see? Maybe it was a good thing that there was only seventeen fans from Dagenham. You know, if it had been a, a different team with a bigger and away following, who are maybe all who are all English, and I'm not saying that that it was an England Wales divide or nothing like that, but maybe they would have reacted differently. Yeah, I was right on. Right on top of the Dagenham fans, I was in the, the Yale stand towards the Rex Rent stand and fair play to the 17, they stood there in silence and they didn't react. And if they did, like Richie says, that could have made it even worse. And my worry now is, thinking ahead to Saturday's game at Southend, they've announced that they're going to play God Save, save the, King. the King before kickoff and... You just worry if these idiots are travelling down to, to Essex on Saturday as well. Are they going to disrespect that minute's silence or their national anthem before kickoff? 
um, because then you will get a lot of aggro from what five thousand plus home fans, and it could get could get very nasty. Yeah, I I got a tweet. I got I got lots of tweets, sadly, but you know, people telling me, "Oh, you're making a mountain out of a molehill, and you just concentrate on the football and concentrate on the positive stuff." The sad part is, it was in, it it was a talking point before the game, and it became a talking point then. And you know, regardless of how many fans it was, it still happened, and it made the national press, didn't it? And the club had to put a statement out. So that's how bad it was, wasn't it? You know, ultimately. Um, yeah. It's not mountain out of molehills at all. It's uh, something which has damaged the club's reputation, damaged the reputation of Wrexham fans, and people across the country are speaking about it. I think the Express or the Mail may have picked up in both. it. Both, yeah, both. Twitter, I think. Wrexham.com put a video up. Not 100% why they decided to film it and post it, but that's another story. But that got thousands of engagements in regards to people replying, quote tweeting it, retweeting it. So that's spread its exposure as well. And it's not a mountain out of a molehill at all. It's a very, very serious issue. And I hope anyone caught booing or caught seeing an unsavory chance during that silence is uh, punished accordingly. I think one or two had to be removed for their own safety by the stewards. Yeah, yeah. That's, what they, that's what I'd read, yeah. Yeah. Um, what that quite whether, means, I'm not sure, but yeah. yeah. Um, so whether the club is aware of those supporters, I don't know, but hopefully, um, yeah, they are banned and not welcomed back for a long time. Okay, should we go on to the uh, positive stuff then and look at match ratings and see what we thought? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, I'll group them together so we can speed through uh, to a certain extent. Uh, so... Uh, Mark Howard average rating is seven point two. Didn't have a lot to do, really, did he? I don't. Uh, I no. don't remember him having a save to make. Thinking about it, apart, I know he obviously died for the goal, but I don't think he was ever. You could ever realistically ask him to save that from God half a uh, six yards out or whatever it was. Um, so I'm not sure any of us could really query that. He didn't have a lot to do, and you know. Um, so the fullbacks, interesting here. Now both of them got eights. And I thought yeah. Ford was brilliant. I thought that was his best performance. I don't know whether uh, whether anybody agrees or disagrees. I thought Mendy was a little bit hit and miss at times, uh, a bit erratic at some times, but he was still, you know, he still looked good. But Ford, I thought, was outstanding. He was very close for me getting my man of the match. Yeah, I said to my friend I would have given man of the match to Ford. Um, going forward, he was excellent. I think he nutmegged a player once. He was up and down the wing. World-class ball for the first goal, Palmer's header at the back post. Um, I would have given man of the match. I think eight's a bit harsh, <laughs> as, yeah. as weird as it sounds. Yeah. Richie, any uh, any different on that, or is that pretty much uh, agree with that? I would I would tend to... I'm going, I, I went for Mendy, I would. I just, well, I just think his energy... I mean, him and Ford, the pair of them, I think, like I said to many people, they are the best two wing-backs we've got. Whoever's injured as well, I, I include them in that. Reese Hall Johnson as well, and Hosanna. I think these two did a level above. Um, I've been sort of sticking up for Ford all season, really, because I think he's a very good player and he holds his position all the time. It's very, he's sort of told you only come 10 yards inside from the touchline, you never come any further because you always need to be that quick option that we've got on the right wing. Um, so I would, I, I would tend to go. For me, Mendy would get a nine and Ford would get an eight point five only just to nip him. But I would say it was between them two. 
So our centre-backs, um, uh, again, we had uh, Toza with a 7.4, Hayden with a 7.5, and Clareworth stole the day again with an average of 8.2. Uh, and you know, it's hard to disagree. Clareworth just keeps coming and, you know, he keeps coming out on top every game. He's getting, he's pretty flawless. Yeah, composed as always. Again, wasn't really tested that much um, by the Dagenham forwards, but he held his own, especially up against McCallum, who, who's a handful. And going forward as well, he just looks so comfortable on the ball. He's confident crossing the halfway line. He can pick a pass, got a good touch on him. And you have to ask, how long is it going to be until a bigger team or a team in a higher division than Wrexham comes in for him? Mm. Richie, anything in there to, that's uh, wildly yeah, different? I, no, not really. I'd back, what I would back, but I noticed a change in the back three as well, um, is the bringing the ball out from the back. Uh, like Alex said, Clowers did it. I noticed Tozer was doing it as well. Uh, Hayden's tried it as, as well this year, but I think it's something he's asked the defenders to do. In a tight game, like when they put in that bank of four and the five and they've just got the one roaming up front, that's something that we need. Sometimes it, it brings an extra dimension to our game. So I think David that Cleworth and Tozer, especially on Tuesday, I seen do them do that a lot more than what they've normally done it. So I think it was something that we've changed in our tactics and our team shape as well. Yeah, I think traditionally our wide centre backs have always done it. Hayden and Cleworth have always done it, uh, but Tozer's normally the one who knocks those big diagonals um, over to the wing backs. But yeah, thinking about it now, I do remember multiple times seeing Tozer's back as he marauded up the middle of the pitch. So, uh, you know, perhaps uh, perhaps Parky has said to him, you know, if you're not under pressure, Ben, stop doing it and let's play a bit. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, he could be right. Um, so in midfield, quite interesting. Uh, Jones and Young got an 8.1. Uh, Jordan Davis got a 7.1. Um, I'm quite sorry. The reason I say I'm surprised at that, the people around me, there was a lot of kerfuffle about uh, James Jones, a lot, a lot of moaning and discontent around James Jones. But you always get that energy off him in the press, and you know, uh, and the sim. But he nearly scored in the first yeah. half. I think it was. Yeah, he should have. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, that's the reason I say I, was, I sounded a little bit surprised that, uh, on average, he sort of equaled Young. Um, and Davis, I, I was reading on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, somebody thought Davis had his best game the other day, um, and yet the average, I didn't think that personally, um, and the average ratings that seem to have come in don't don't see that out. Yeah, I thought James Jones was the pick of the midfielders. Um, energy, you expect that. Um, he was full of energy as always. Uh, he made some really good runs into the box, one-twos around the box with the wing-backs, um, calm on the ball, got around the pitch, as you would expect. Um, so, yeah, he was definitely the pick of the midfielders. Davis, I'm not sure what your mate was uh, watching, but I don't think that was the best game by any stretch. It wasn't my mate, it was just somebody, somebody who I follow on ah, Twitter. So. Right. Disclaimer. <laughs> I take that back. You haven't got mates. <laughs> um, but no, it was... It was a decent performance by Davis. Didn't really set the world alight. Um, I think he had a shot in the second half, which went about 20 yards wide of the goal. Um, and then it just begs the question, how long does Parkey persist with Davis until he starts to think about starting Lee? But yeah, I think Davis played all right. But Jones, for me, certainly the pick of the midfield players. 
Uh, Rich, before you go, Richie, I think the injury to Lee is the only thing keeping him out at the moment. This glute injury they said he's carried or carrying. Um, so I think that possibly is the only thing stopping him starting games. But go on, Richie. Uh, I'd echo it. I thought James Jones, his performance on Tuesday compared to Gateshead, they were just they were black and white. They were completely different. Um, again, I, th- I think he played well. And... I think Luke Young, we just got the normal Luke Young performance. Sometimes he goes at extra level above, but I don't think we were tested as well, were we? So that sometimes, that affects his game. He just keeps it ticking over, you know, side to side, receives the ball all the time. Jordan Davis is the worrying one, I think. Um, I think he got an assist, did he, for one of the goals? Uh, can't maybe, Mullins, maybe Mullins, I think it was, the first one. He was involved in the corner. Um, but... Listen, when we've got that many good players around him, you can afford for someone to have a, a not so great game. He did all right, like Alex said. He kept, you know, he you couldn't say, "Oh my God, he didn't try," or he was getting run run by his man all the time, or it was his fault for one of the goals. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. label anything yeah. with him. But I think also, I'm going to come on to when I come on to the team performance. When you've got the other two in midfield doing brilliant the other one can just have not as good a game as them. I wouldn't say he had a poor game. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. he wasn't at the races as in as the other two were. Yeah, he was more... We haven't seen the influential Jordan yet, have we, getting the assists and cutting, you know, through balls, making loads of chances. Um, so we haven't seen that side to him yet. He's not quite warmed up, shall we say, this season. Um, right, front two. Uh, no surprise here. Uh, Paul Mullin got an 8.4 and the sponsors man of the match, interestingly. Uh, and Ollie Palmer averaged nine point four, um, and uh, I would I would agree with that. I thought Palmer just had a bit more about him. I thought he was unlucky not to get the sponsors' man of the match. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure whether he's bothered or not. But um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, we saw a, a rip roaring performance from him all over the pitch. Oh, I said during the game he's a freak. Um... He, he's unplayable. He's six foot four, strong, quick, good touch, can score goals. And Tuesday was just a complete performance. I mean, he was playing in the right wing position at one point and he sold two players a dummy and ran down the wing. It's like, how many six foot four target men can do that? And he played a through ball as well, which was, I said to my friend, that's the kind of ball Kevin De Bruyne plays at City. He split their defence open in the first half. Obviously got his two goals as well. He's going to struggle to find a more complete performance by any player in the National League this season, I think. And yeah, I think he was unlucky not to get the man of the match. Um, Like I say, I would give it to Ford, but Palmer was a very, 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 very close second. And if we can keep Palmer and Mullen fit for the rest of the season when they're in that kind of form, it's going to take... uh, a very, very good team to stop us from winning the league. Go on, Richie. Yeah, I, th- I think Palmer was was uh, was was better, was slightly better than Mullin. Um, and I just think that he started the season slow, but now you can see him scoring every game, can't you? You can't. You go there on you go Saturday, and you think, Do you know what? I'm not going to give the prediction away, but you can see either or or both scoring. And that's just because also, of, and they, they, they do appreciate it, is all the other players around them. Now they've got these two lads on the wing, 
I think they're gonna they're gonna get chances, aren't they? Whether it be a header or a knocked a Palmer knockdown for Mullin to score, or Mendy crosses it from the other side. If you were a defending team, you're looking now and you're going, how do we stop them? Because you can stop one or two options, but they've got three or four options. Yeah. So for us, it's fantastic, isn't it? You know, it's going forward, and you think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, everyone was doom and gloom after Chesterfield, and now you look at this now and you just think, do you know what? You can't see us losing. Oh, don't don't go early on that one. <laughs> um, right, let's have a look at the uh, subs, etc. So uh, Sam Dolby came on uh, with a six point two. Again, I'm not sure you could argue that it didn't have much influence. Didn't get, didn't make a lot of chances and stuff for him. I don't think really did we. Um, McFadden uh, gave Mendy a rest and got a six point one. Uh, and Elliot Lee got a 6.6, even though he nearly scored an unbelievable goal. I don't know if you noticed. It's hard to see down the far end, but we had a brilliant team move that he nearly finished. Yeah. Uh, I think the keeper saved it. As I say, it's, it was really yeah. hard to see right down there, but um, I, I think the keeper saved it, and it was it was back to front. It was brilliant. Yeah, um, it would have been team goal of the season or the best team goal by a Wrexham side I've ever seen. It's just a shame that their keeper saved it. To be fair, their keeper had a pretty decent night. If it wasn't for him pulling off two or three great saves, it could have been six or seven. But no, that team move at the end just shows the quality we've got. And yeah, Lee came on, he played well. Dolby, I'm feeling a little bit sorry for because he just seems to get these 10 minutes when we're well, most of the time we're winning matches and it's hard for him to, to make an impact. I think he started the reserve game we'll yesterday. Come on to that, don't worry. We'll come on to that. After. Yeah, so we'll come on to that, obviously. And yeah, he puts himself about well. I think he won, well, blocked the ball for a few throw-ins down deep into Dagenham's half. Um, and then McFadzie, I forgot McFadzie came on, to be honest. <laughs> I thought he was going to come on in midfield, to be honest. I thought he was going to rest somebody like he did at Dorking. Uh, but he didn't. Yeah. He rested Mendy. Well, he's a very good backup at left wing back, isn't he, McFadzine? So that's good. Yeah. Anything there in those subs, Richie, that you'd sort of, you know? Uh, I just said, obviously, uh, Lee's got that. Has got that quality. He's got that bit of magic in him. Um, like you say, I didn't know about the injury. To be honest, the other two for me, I'm not convinced by either of them. If I'm honest, I mean, I'm not at all. Uh, they don't set the world, and I get. Dolby knows his, his position that he's never going to get in front of them two. He's never going to. But just, you know, you need something sometimes when you come on. You've got to make things happen yourself as well and just try and say to the manager, don't forget about me and that, whatever. Yeah, obviously Mullins' tight hamstring uh, meant he was replaced by Lee. And I'm now more adamant than ever. If you remember, we were having the conversation when Dior Angus went, actually, weren't we, on the on that pod? And mm. I, I did say, I wonder whether Lee now will just step up into that space. Uh, and I'm, and he did the same at Dorking. Um, he came on up front. Uh, and I'm more adamant than ever now that um, it'll be Lee who'll step in for Mullin. Uh, it would be interesting to see if he rests Palmer, whether he would pick Lee or Dolby. That would be interesting. Um, but I, I, th- I, don't, I think it'll need another one of them to go down with an injury before we buy somebody. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right. But, I'm not um, saying that's what I would do. And like you were saying, Richie, you said, look, I think we really need another body. But I think because they've yeah. got the flexibility now, perhaps to go out in the market whenever we want almost, that 
gives them the flexibility just to, you know, you've only got to get through one game or something, haven't you? You can go out and, you know, you can go out and yeah, bring yeah. somebody else in. So uh, I suspect that that's why. Um, uh, good. Right. Okay. Team uh, and Mr. Parkinson. So Phil Parkinson got an 8.6 and the overall team was a 9.1. Uh, I personally wouldn't argue with that too much. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if, if any of you would. I'm just looking at the, some of the scores that Phil Parkinson got. Um, although I can't see who submitted them, I can see the individual scores. And believe it or not, Parkinson's lowest score was a six, and his highest there was there was lots of tens in there. Um, so that's a bit, 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 bit stingy that somebody giving him a six when you've come away with a basically a four nil win, other than a lapsing concentration by a couple of players. Um, so uh, I don't know if anybody, either of you, have seen the documentary this week. Um, but again, Parky comes out of it looking really good when you get in the dressing rooms. Um, you know, they have a they have an expletive. Well, they, they call it something else, but they basically have an expletives counter on this week, uh, and it's uh, you know it's right up there when he's giving some rollickings out. Speaking of expletives, what did he actually say in last week's episode when he was ranting against Chesterfield? Because I've seen effing fatty footballers. Yeah, that's effing- what it was. Yeah, fanny fanny footballers. Fatty, it was. But fat, I some people told me it was funny. No, there, there's subtitles on it. There is subtitles ah, on the episodes. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that was quite. It was really interesting. The more I see of him, the more I like of him. To be honest, uh, you know, uh, I really, really like what I see in the dressing rooms. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. like a fan who's been in the game for I don't know what he's been in the game for 30, 40 years. Um, it's like, but, he's, but he is like a fan in there, you know, it, like you're turning around to your mates and going, God, such and such was really rubbish or words to that effect. Parkinson's <laughs> in there in the dressing room saying the same things to their face. It's great. <laughs> I like the contrast of last week's episode rant as well. Half time he was raging and then at full time he was, he was nice. He was, Oh, you've done well there, second half lads. Can't fault it. You should be proud of yourself. So, you know, as well as being a ranter, he can uh, he can give praise as well when he needs to. So I like that side of him as well. So go on, Richie. You touched on team performance before. So go on, finish us off with that. I, I, I could say, I think it was the, definitely the best team performance. But I think we had probably eight out of the 11, if you look, were brilliant. We, we yeah. did their jobs with... We're on the game, you know. There wasn't many missed passes placed, and that's why we made Dagenham look so ordinary or, or poor, really. In fact, um, I was because obviously Notts County put five past them, didn't they, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was obviously predictions wise, I was thinking, you know what, we're going to get a few goals, and when the early goal didn't come, you're thinking, mm, how's it going to pan out? But just the team shape, like I said to you, they noticed about the centre halves bringing the ball forward, Tozer especially. And, but now we've got confidence that when Luke Young gets the ball, he can ping it right or left. He can take his pick and he knows that he's still going to get both the wing-backs are that good. I think that... And sometimes, you, as a wing-back, you haven't got to beat your man. You know, we can cross the ball from 25 yards and we'll still and Palmer will get on the end of it. Or we've got that, especially with Ford, he can knock it on the floor, defence splitting pass, and Money will get into it and create a chance, score a goal. So I just think the shape of the team was brilliant. Jordan Davis, listen, he's there on merit at the moment, isn't he? Because of what he did last year. And obviously he's still doing it in training, isn't he? You know, we can't we can't expect him to do it every week. But if he did do it every week, that may take something off somebody else as well, mightn't it?
So, shall we do a bit of news? Because there has been a, a few bits of news. Um, I don't know if you saw this one, the biggest news of the week. We've got a dugout sponsor now. Yeah. <laughs> Everything sponsors these days. Yeah. Uh, Cron- oh, well, and obviously, Krona Span is who you'd pick for that. So, uh, so they are our, uh, they're our dugout sponsors. <clears throat> Listen, if they put money in the bank and they've just got to put a bit of signage up, then like, I'm happy for them to do that. Um can the race course ramble sponsor something at the ground? <laughs> yeah, well, Alex, I'm, I'm sure you can uh, contribute towards that. The tech end, shall we? <laughs> can we sponsor a corner flag or something like that? <laughs> that, tech told, I... one, that tech end one's gone quiet. Have you noticed? We haven't heard anything since Lucas Oils. Yeah. But the, the thing, the bigger one I'm missing out, got to be the Ben Toes of Towels, isn't it? Yeah, still missing them. Absolutely. In fact, one of their players stole a Ben Toes of Towel. Uh, I did see that, yeah. yeah. Um, I did see the best reaction to the Cronenspan one was uh, that his brother also played for a Silvio. I, I saw that, yeah, Silvio <laughs> Span, yeah. Um, so reserves, we touched on it before. We had our first game. Um, I think they're expecting it to be a pretty tough season from what the, the sort of early words were. Um, but yeah, the uh, they lost 3-1 at Bolton. There is footage of the uh, of the goals going around. From the side of a hill, uh, sort of about four hundred yards away from the pitch, um, so it's tough to see. Uh, but you know, one of their goals was straight from a corner, for instance. You know, it 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 it, it didn't look great, is all I will say. But I think Tony Cliff played, Dolby played, Macalinden, Rory Watson played, um, and then uh, some some youngsters mainly, I think. So. Um, uh, again, the the goal was an own goal, sadly. So um, you know, not we can't even claim that we've we've scored yet, really, in the reserves league. Uh, but good to get it up and going, I guess, and at least it has given some of those players a bit of bit of minutes. Yeah, I actually heard that two of Bolton's goals came directly yeah. from corners, uh, which you don't know what the conditions are like, but it's not good for a, a goalkeeping point of view on paper to. Concede to directly from corners. Um, so we'll come on to goalkeepers in a minute. Go come on to goalkeepers, but good for these fringe players to get some minutes, isn't it? Especially the likes of Tony Cliff and Dolby. I think Macalinden actually set the own goal up with a cross, which is encouraging for him because um, he's not been anywhere near the first team this season. And like you say, I heard we're in a very very tough um, division, so. Maybe it's not all about results at the end of the day. Maybe it's just more about getting minutes in the uh, players' legs. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, some breaking goalkeeping news. Ben Foster is retiring. Don't Did you can... actually hear you offered him, offered him a contract? Newcastle week? offered him mega yeah. money. Yeah, he's, uh, he's part of a video, as he does on his uh, podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah he said uh, he asked for mega money thinking that they would turn him down, really, and that would help, you know, because he, he, what he's basically saying is it was too far for him to move, so he didn't really want to go, but if the money was brilliant, he thought he would do it, But and they met his demands for the money, but he decided not to do it in the end, because he lives in the Midlands, and it was too far to be away from uh, to be away from family. Um, so uh, I know there was, uh, there was a few people sort of holding out hope that he might come home in... Uh, I say home, obviously, uh, in sort of glory. Uh, James Jones is going to be a dad. Did we see that? James Jones is yeah. going to have a little boy. Um, so that was quite cool for him. Uh, no more nights out with the lads. Uh, 
And they announced, obviously, the uh, again that uh, uh, in September we've got the under 19s Wales versus Gibraltar game at the race course, which is part of this sort of agreement we've got for them to sort of, you know, gently warm us up to the big games with some of the sort of smaller games. Um, so uh, there's no ticketed information of that, but it's at the end of September. So it'll be interesting to see how many people go to that, given that we're feverishly asking to, for the, the, uh, the first team to play. Um, you know, it'd be good if we could get a lot of people there to sort of show that there is an interest in North Wales. Yeah, it's it's, it's great, but then it goes down to ticket pricing, how you get your tickets and the kickoff time. Because I've been to some under 21 games in the past and they're all like five o'clock, half past four starts. Yeah. That is not going to get what crowd we'd like. It's not even going to get you three, four thousands, is it? You know, it's you, tough because you know people, if parents haven't finished work to go and get the kids yeah. to take them. You know, and, and what? So uh, yeah, it will that you, you, it's right. It will be interesting to see when they when it gets nearer the time what they do. Yeah, I went to Wales, Germany under twenty ones about two three years ago at the race course, and I think that was a half four kickoff. And I know it's hard, like you say, because these young kids have got arrangements. But if that was a seven forty five Tuesday night game. To see Wales under twenty ones against Germany, big team, you'd be looking at what, four thousand maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's hope um, it's a favourable kickoff time day, and we can show to the FAW what the potential is in Wrexham for international football. I think it'll all depend whether the senior team are playing probably at the same night. Yeah, because people might want to watch that or go yeah. to that as well. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I believe uh, Richie was uh, talking about the Stockport game. We've got some more tickets potentially in a week or so. Oh, well, I'm going to hold them. I don't know if you're going hold to hold them. Yeah, sorry, Stockport, <laughs> hold them. Um, yeah, um, I phoned the club today and asked them because uh, I had no chance. Or hold them, hold them. Right. Um, I had no chance to get a ticket because we were still in the air coming home from our honeymoon. So uh, when we landed, it all sold out. Uh, so I phoned them and asked them, and they said there's a meeting next week. Uh, and they will decide how many more, not that there won't be any more, how many more tickets they will make available for the Wrexham fans. I know on the spaces last night, they were talking about an extra 900 tickets, potentially. Yeah, it holds 4,000, doesn't it, the away end? I'm not saying they're going to give us 4,000, because it'd be crazy, that wouldn't it? Because, you know, potentially there could be more Wrexham more fans than Oldham fans. Yeah. 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 So, uh, again, it's down to the police, isn't it, on who else is playing that day and kick-off times with the bigger teams in the area. Um, but I, I heard 1,300, so, you know, we'll, we'll go in between, maybe. Yeah. And they'll have I a new manager by then, because they've, yeah. they've let Sheridan go. Oh, have they? Yeah. Hopefully no no new manager bounce then. Um, my most stressful moment of the week was buying those Oldham tickets, so I had to rush out of a meeting in work, go into the website, and you could see they were disappearing. I, I had exactly the same. Yeah, I had exactly the same. And then... When I actually had the tickets in my basket, I had a message saying these tickets are no longer available. So I had to scramble back to the homepage, get two more. Thankfully, it's sorted. Um, but it's going to be a top quality away day, isn't it? Proper, two proper teams, easy to get to, not too far away. Hopefully, 3,000 plus fans or Wrexham fans in attendance. And Definitely be that many. The way this season's going, you'd expect us to win as well. Touch wood, touch wood, but... I'm really, really looking forward to that one. Don't tempt fate, oh. Matt. I don't want to. I don't want to be a, not not a killjoy, but I just want to try and let people know that 
all these people who keep tweeting the club when it comes to why can't we buy the tickets off you? It's not down to Wrexham. Correct. It's down yeah. to the home team. Yeah. They decide whether they've got the capacity to sell the tickets themselves. Like Notts County have sent paper tickets to Wrexham, haven't they? Chesterfield did Oldham, that as well, yeah. Yeah. Oldham have decided to do it their way, which is fine. Not a problem. Everyone, every individual club has got their own choice. Unfortunately, that's the rule because of this league that we're in. Whereas it's down to the club themselves and everyone going, oh, well, why hasn't it gone to season ticket holders and yeah. why hasn't it done that? Wrexham haven't got a say in it. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, no, you're right. I was uh, I was at football training with my uh, with my son last night, and there was people there complaining exactly the same thing about the uh, season ticket holders. Um, and it's just you know, it, it's the same for everybody. You just have to you just have to make do, don't you? You know, we have to get in the queue. You have to jump on. You have to jump out of meetings. I was in a cafe trying to do it on my phone and having the same issue as Rich with tickets disappearing seemingly in front of my eyes. And in fact, I got three tickets, went through the whole process, bought thought I'd bought them. And then I hadn't bought them because I never got any email or notification. But luckily, we managed to get three anyway. Um, so uh, you, like you, you're, you're spot on. You know, Wrexham would do it themselves if they could, but they can't. So yeah, we we just have to sort of make do make do as much best we can, don't we? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I don't know what the rules are in the EFL. You know, when we get there, but if we could do like a loyalty scheme for the away fans, because you know these ones who travel all the length and breadth of the country too the Weymouths, I know you went down to Dorking, that whatever, then to me, when if there was a limited amount of tickets, they should get special, uh, a special day to buy it or whatever, or these people with loyalty points, then when the owners come over and do these special events, they're the people who should be going to meet the owners. The ones who've travelled to Weymouth on a Tuesday night, Yeovil on a Saturday and done all these London trips. And, you know, listen, they could be because... They're, they're retired and they've got more time than the others or whatever, or other people go and get two hours sleep and then get up for work in the morning. But it's something that going forward need to look at, and that's from us as a club as an aspect. But all these other ones are just, please just read what the club put out and when they say it's nothing to do with us. Yeah. Yeah, no, agree, and uh, I would second the sort of some, uh, and that's been talked about for a long time. Some sort of points loyalty, some sort of recognition for, uh, you know, a priority window if you have, you know, racked up some, some away miles, etc. It's a, yeah, it's a long-standing one that that I'm sure the supporters advisory group, whoever those people are, uh, I'm sure they're talking about it. Uh, Humphrey Kerr, last bit of news, and Humphrey Kerr hinted at this in his in his uh, update today, but supposedly the National League are meeting today to, to uh, talk streaming. So when we wake up tomorrow morning, do we think we're going to be able to stream to America or do we think we'll have some sort of lame update saying, uh, uh, we'll have an update for you in uh, a couple of months' time? Second comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Richie, uh, Alex, do you think any, any different? No, I've got used to the National League being the most unproductive organisation going, and I've seen some poor ones as well. So, yeah, I'm with Richie. I'm not expecting any any productive news tomorrow. I actually clicked on a really good article by Mark Griffiths when they announced that we couldn't stream, tempor- do it ourselves while they were sorting out this centralised system. And it was brilliant because he'd done a bit of investigative work to try and find out who was on the National League board um and you know like their website is trash you know it doesn't give names it doesn't tell you anything really um uh but interestingly the the sort of the people that they that they think were on that board 
um, were the sort of people that during lockdown, when the sort of uh, funding came in for clubs to replace the gate receipts, were the people that, that said, oh, the money should be shared equally irrespective of the size of your crowd compared you know so for us we would lose a lot more in gate receipts than Boreham Wood for instance um uh, and uh, to name you know to name others um and it was these small clubs who seemingly sit on the board and have a lot of power over these sort of decisions so uh, it's it's a brilliant article it's on the uh, Dragon Art website as well um it's worth a worth a 10 minute read so there's no truth in the rumour that it's Paul Chuckle and Mr Tumble. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. Because, uh, you know, do you remember the stadium for the fast we had with the national with the uh, playoff final? Not that we got there in yeah. the end, but, you know, we had all that fast and it, they just don't fill you with any confidence, do they? And in fact, I saw an interview um, after Dorking. I started watching those bunch of amateurs videos that they've done. I don't know if you've seen any of them. They're sort of behind the scenes at Dorking that are on YouTube. Uh, and in one of those videos, um, Mark White, the owner, chairman, manager, goes absolutely nuts at the National League to say they are just, it's just, it is a bunch of amateurs running it. They're farcical, really. So, uh, yeah, I won't be surprised if tomorrow we get some sort of update which just says, uh, disappointingly, you know, they've told us we've got to wait and uh, we, we roll on. Um, should we look ahead to the weekend? Yeah. Anybody yeah. going to the seaside? No. no radio for me. No, radio for me as well, yeah. Uh, my son, again, is playing football Saturday morning, so we wouldn't have time to get there afterwards. Um, so uh, I had a good chat with Liam from uh, the All at Sea fanzine last night, who was uh, very... Um, he, he, was, you know, he, he wasn't looking forward to the game at all, given the fact we racked up some goals. Uh, they're not scoring goals, but they're not conceding a massive amount either. He, they've got uh, some good defensive players. So um, what are we thinking team-wise at the weekend? I mean, I've not heard of any injuries or anything um, in the interviews from last night, so I'll be amazed if he changes it, unless Mullins' hamstring is tighter than we think. But he did. I think he did hint to say it'll be all right at the weekend, but unless Mullins' injured, I suspect we'll have the same team. Anybody think different? Yeah, why would you change that team? Um, winning at Dorking, thrashing Dagenham. Yeah, there's no need to change it. The only one I would consider is, is Davis, but I still think from what he did last season and the talent we know he's got, plus it's still relatively early in the season, I think we can forgive him for having a couple of matches where he's not hit the heights of last season. So I would be shocked if we make any changes, and I don't think we will. Richie? Yeah, I think it's the same team. Uh, I'm just trying to remember last year, Mullin was in the stand, wasn't he, with the player, with the fans? That's right, yeah. Was it? Was that an injury or was that the first game of his band because we appealed it? It was a, well, That must have been the band, was it? Was it the band? I don't think he was. I don't, was it. I don't remember him being injured. It was just bands all the time, wasn't just it? The band, just the band then. Because remember, he was with the fans, wasn't he? Yeah. In the away end. I think so, it could have been an injury. I think we played him early September last season. Yeah, it was a shock. I think it was, yeah. I think mean, everyone was panicking that he'd done his muscle, he had a groin injury, and he, he told some of the fans at the ground it's just a precaution. Oh, uh, okay. So we might wanted... we might see the same again then. Hey, if South End might be his uh, it might be his maiden head. Yeah. I think they're looking to looking to get down early to play go and play crazy golf again, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, so I, I, you know, I, as I said, I'll be amazed. Um, and let's have a look at score predictions then. So, Richie, you were really brave last week. We'll come on to last week in a minute, but uh, hit me with what you think uh, we're going to do this weekend. Three-one win. Crikey, that is a brave one. I said that actually to Liam last night. I went 3-1. Um, I was up in an hour in between 2-1 and 3-1. I just thought we're on quite a good roll. Um, and I think, you know, we'll score a few goals. And he, he said he'd be amazed if we scored three goals against them because defensively they are so good. But let's see. Uh, Alex, what are you what are you plumbing for? Um, you're right. I think they're, they're decent at the back. It's a tough place to go, South End. They got a decent home following. I'm, I'm going to say one-one draw. I think it'll be a tough game, much tighter than the last two. Um, obviously against Dorking and Dagenham, and I think they're going to make it difficult for us. And yeah, and you know what, one-one wouldn't be the worst result in the world. It's a tough place to go to. Um, keep the unbeaten run going, and then hopefully. Chesterfield, Solly or not, might drop points as well. But yeah, I'm going to go one-one. Yes, Chesterfield had Ollie Banks sent off uh, on Tuesday yeah. night, didn't they? So that might disrupt them, as well as the ongoing disruption that they've got with the alleged assault, shall we call it. Um, so at some point... Say, oh, go on, Rich. Can I just say, didn't Southend play Chesterfield on Tuesday? Yes. And the Chest- and the Southend fans said, they're struggling to score goals and people are struggling to score against us. Yeah. And they lost 3-2. Yeah, but that, that, that's yeah. the only time this season anyone <laughs> scored more than that. I think past them, they're, uh, they're, uh, you know, they have been, you know, normally yeah. people are winning by a goal if anything, um, and their star player really is obviously the guy they got from Sheffield United, who's the centre half, um, who's uh, meant to be really, really good. So um, I think that's obviously why uh, what they're sort of thinking. Um, so if we uh, we'll we'll just touch on last week's scores. So nobody got the exact. Obviously, we had the Maidenhead games postponed, didn't we? Sadly, um, yeah. So uh, well, that one's to be concluded. Um, but uh, we had a obviously four-one was the actual score. I guess we'd do two-one. Alex went two-nil, and Richie went big on the five-nil, and we mocked him to say that that was a bit <laughs> reckless. Um, but he wasn't far off in the end. Uh, and it could have been, you know, if bar a, a bit of a, what should we call it? I should call it a lapse in concentration and a couple of good saves by the goalkeeper, you'd have been bang on the money. Yeah, just did a bit of research on, like you said, keep going back. And Notts County put five past them. We're as good, if not better, as Notts County. So that's where I just felt that we would score goals. And I think, like Parky said in his interview, we'll probably be the highest goal scorers in this year, at the end of the season in this league. You know, we were the highest last year and we're a better team this year. Uh, and our form is better earlier on than it was last season as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the key now, isn't it? We've got, we've picked up, I don't know how many exactly, but we're we're probably about seven, between seven and ten points better off than we were last season at this stage. Yeah. Um, which would have, you know, if we'd have done that last year, probably would have won us the league. Um, but County are the, not County are the interesting ones. That game coming up is going to be really interesting. I think Langstaff is second only to... Erling Haaland in goal scoring at the moment. He's uh, red hot, isn't he? Yeah, he is, to be fair. He scored a bag full last year for Gateshead. And he's just sort of carried on where he left off, really, isn't he? He's on 10 already. Yeah. Could Haaland do it on a cold Tuesday night in Aldershot? I don't think he could. 
No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, he's, he's. I think what you're saying, Alex, is that he's overrated. He's over. I'd rather Ali Palmer than Harland. I did hear Harland's not very good with a brush and a towel. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a wet Saturday in, where was it? I forget. Old, old shot. Shot, wasn't it? Old old shot. shot, yeah. On a wet Saturday in, all the shot. Right then, are we done? Um, anybody got anything else exciting that they want to tell us? Uh, just go back. You remember I mentioned about the figures, social media. Have you seen them being released? Richard Orlick put them up today. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I did see. Got, got massive, uh, haven't they? They're slowing down, but they're uh, com- week on week they're slowed down. But um, yeah, let me find it because uh, I saw. I think it's message. touched touched one hundred seventy thousand now on Instagram. Uh, TikTok was. Is it four hundred thirty-four thousand something like that? Let's I think. see if the TikTok number. I've yeah, got, I've got his tweets here. So here we go. Uh, update, update as of yeah yesterday. So we're four hundred forty thousand on TikTok. So that was up six thousand three hundred. But la- yeah. so last week it went up twenty-two thousand. This week it's gone up six thousand. Uh, Twitter was up six thousand to one hundred seventy-one thousand. Again, that's half up week on week. Instagram, 170,000. Um, again, half up on what it was last week. Uh, Facebook, 75,000. So uh, uh, up a couple of thousand. Uh, and YouTube, uh, 32,400. Um, and interestingly, Humphrey Kerr made reference to that. Did you Have you read his update, by the way? No, I haven't read it yet, no. He makes... Um, he did point it out. Glad you mentioned it because he did point it out. So, because um, uh, he was talking a little bit about streaming, about uh, the sort of the, the lack of uh, understanding from the league. And he said, uh, our win over Maidstone has been viewed 142,000 times, which looks extremely healthy indeed when juxtaposed with the 8,800 who have so far watched the highlights of our 1-0 win over ho- at home over Woking a year ago. So, uh, you know, basically year on year, that sort of, sort of gives you an inkling into the growth, um, which, yeah. is, uh, which is really big, isn't it? And not yeah, surprising. No. I've just got to mention, because I know you, I've seen some of your tweets about the merchandise. Oh, my word. It's... Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware of the fact that a lot of sports manufacturers have struggled. Um, so people tweeting me today saying that. But, you know, you go to alternative suppliers to make T-shirts, jackets, hats, uh, mugs, I don't know, whatever else you want to do, you go to an alternative supplier for them, um, you know, because at the moment you go in the club shop and bar the sort of weird sizes, uh, you know, you can't buy them and people are moaning about it, aren't they? You know, all the uh, all our friends overseas now are saying, I can't get a shirt, where can I get a shirt from? They can't get anything. Um, and I don't know if you'd have seen this, Richie, but uh, apparently talks are underway with alternative kit suppliers. Um, the deal is up this year with Macron. Uh, and we talked about this, I think, last week, Alex, didn't we? Um, that uh, supposedly uh, uh, it's probably not got enough street cred um, uh, is the sort of, you know, is what people are speculating is Macron. So uh, uh, Nike and Adidas may be in the building. So we'll see how it plays out over the over the course of negotiations with other people. Well, I'll let you into a little secret with Macron. Uh, when the deal actually happened, I actually got the link with Macron to the football club. Right. Because um, I was doing a junior football team and obviously I getting all the kits from Macron, spending a lot of money there. And uh, some people in the trust first were a bit like, 
oh no, they're not big enough for us, not big enough for us. I said, yeah, but they're on your doorstep. Yeah, That's the, the key you've got to remember, even though the stuff comes from Italy, but they're yeah. on your doorstep. So I got them in there, but I've also heard New Balance is very favourable as well. Yeah, it's. I, I, I'll be amazed if it's not a bigger name with a bit of street cred. Um, and the example, we were talking about it on one of the spaces not long ago with Rob Ryan Red, with, I think it was Nathan, and they were saying that, you know, a lot of the time people are thinking, well, if I'm an American walking up and down the street and I've got a Wrexham shirt, what badge do I want want it to have? You know, and it, naturally, if it's an Adidas or a Nike or a New Balance or an Under Armour, something that's got a bit of cred about it anyway, that will help sell the merch in itself. Um, you know, never mind the fact that it's then got a Wrexham logo or a player or what, whatever on it. Um, but I'm still adamant that, you know, we could have done a much better job of maximising this. And I think that they'll be they'll be pulling their hair out, not having a good range of merch because uh, you're going to, you're basically going to miss your window. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You do the maths, what, £45 a shirt, the amount of people, especially in America and overseas, who want to buy one. It's tens of thousands of pounds the club are losing out on. So yeah, it's a shame. Um, but just going back to the new sponsor, um, my little brother, who I take to Rex and matches, I asked him if he wanted a kit, and he said, "Nah, I don't wear Macron. I'll only wear Nike or Adidas." So right. uh, there is something. There is something in it, isn't there? My lad, there is, yeah. my lad is a Nike lad. It's like you know, if I take him out, it's got to be Nike, and I'm like, "Yeah, but what about?" And he's like, "No, you know." So he will. Re- he'll wear Wrexham shirts and football shirts, but if we're buying tracksuits and t-shirts. Uh, it's it's got to have uh, you know it's got to have a Nike logo and trainers. It's got to have a Nike logo on it. Exactly, and it's little things like that which is going to make the club even more money and sell even more shirts in the long run. So I'll be uh, keeping a close eye on that. I'd favour Adidas. I think they make nice shirts. The Adidas one we had in twenty sixteen, I want to say, Gary Mills' first season when it was sponsored by Glendor. That for me is the nicest shirt we've had since we red one with a bit of a white flash or something, or no, the one with that. that I know what you mean. Not that one. It was just plain red, the stripes going down the sides, white collar. Glindor was the uh, shirt sponsor. I think it was 2015 16 season kit. That's my favorite um, of the National League era. Go on. What are you? What are your favourite kits of the National I like. League? I like the Dennis the Menace. Uh, the uh, yeah, the, yeah. The the anniversary kit. Richie. Yeah. Oh, he's going to get one. I reckon. Hang he's on, got hang it hanging on. up. It's, it's been just going to show you. Just show for, you something if you can see on the what we've got in the bar. For the benefit of the uh, people who are listening to our, uh, <laughs> Richie's yeah. now marching across his house to the bar where he's got a. Uh, 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 is it a painting or what is it? It's a it's a canvas. It is yeah. with our favourite shirts on. Yes. Or my uh, mine and uh, my wife's. So yeah. obviously over the years, as you can see, we've got different ones. Yeah. Love that. I tell you what, I do like just go. Yeah, go point your point your camera back at that canvas, Rich. Well, I like a granddad collar. So you know, it's bottom right for me now. That ENS one with a granddad collar. Next to the gold one that Tim from Fearless had on, I think, actually, when he was at the match. You know, above the green spall one, the green and yellow spall uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I do, I love it's a granddad, the... I love a granddad collar, I'm getting old. So, uh, <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the, the Arsenal shirt, isn't it? Yeah. The Arsenal, Arsenal shirt, that is. Classic. The Arsenal. Yeah. But it's then I like the white shirt. one there, the old, the white E&S. 
Yeah. Didn't uh, wear that very often. This is this is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, a, that's so, class. That you should see. You see, the club could sell something like that. That I'm not joking. That canvas, you could sell that. I'm not going to tell you where I got it from because I'll just buy more off eBay and put the price up on it. You should. Did you see that shirt that was was going yeah. for hundred and ninety odd pound and it had about twenty five bids on it? I don't know whether it did sell or not or whether or what, but it was going. Yeah. I know it's unbelievable, isn't it? Last year's, uh, which oh, well. everyone says is an, an un- unlucky shirt as well. Yes, well, yeah. It's not lucky for that person if they got 200 quid for it or whatever <laughs> it went for in the end. I'd be laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> right, guys, we'll reconvene next week. No problem. Providing Alex has got some Wi-Fi. It's due on the 26th, so I might have to uh, oh, be at the oh, office again. But... Oh. People think I'm staying late and working, so it's fine. Yeah, don't clock out on your fingerprint scanner. <laughs> yeah, I've been working till seven overtime. <laughs> Flexi I'll, uh, time. Yeah. I'll take a I'll take a picture of the camera so you can put it at the bottom of the Brilliant. When you publish the pod and then people will be thinking Love that. Then they'll understand then what yeah, we're Yeah, it makes about, sense. So. Brilliant. Love it. Right, thank you very much guys. We'll do it again next week and uh, let's hope we get three points. So ahead of the game at Southend, I thought we'd have a chat with uh, somebody who'll uh, who'll know a bit more about uh, Southend than many of us. So uh, Liam from All at Sea Fanzine, who has been on a few Twitter spaces that we uh, you might have seen this week, had a chat with me. We had 20 minutes chatting ahead of the game. Uh, he was very kind and generous with his time. So here's that chat between... Uh, between me and him. Okay, so uh, I'm joined now by Liam, um, who's very kindly joined me from the All at Sea fanzine. Thank you very much, Liam, for your time. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, I did hear your dulcet tones, as I told you uh, on the uh, on the, the spaces last night. Um, so I'm I'm glad you saved some of those dulcet tones for me. <laughs> um, I'm a big believer in uh, our our cousins to the west, uh, the, the Welsh. I had a holiday in Wales earlier this summer. It was it was brilliant. I Where really did you enjoyed. go? Uh, I went to uh, the valleys. Then I went to Pembrokeshire. Then I went oh, to lovely. Snowdon. Yeah. And then I went up to Conwy. I went with my missus. Uh, we had a lovely little whistle stop tour. I we did come back like through um like Wrexham Cheshire sort of area as we as we came back into England and I was like really determined I was thinking oh maybe we could just pull over and have a look at the race course ground and then it was June so I just thought it'd be a bit of a waste of time <laughs> you are missing a glorious sight as, as Ryan Reynolds calls it it's church you've missed I'll, the church. I'll be there later on in the season don't you worry about that good lad right so um let's just pick up on um on things from your point of view, if you don't mind. So season so far, give us a summary. Is it meeting expectations? Is it a bit like meh? How are you feeling? Um, Too soon to tell, really. Um, My personal sort of approach is to not look at the league table until until the clocks go back. And um, that really... uh, I I looked at it yesterday just as a matter of course to see where we were because, as you say, I mentioned... um, 
I didn't realise that Chesterfield were top of the league, who we played last night. Um, we're eight games in. We've got eight points. Uh, that, but we're mid-table. Um, we uh, this time last year, uh, we, we've only got six of the same players that started a game in November in um, Tuesday night in September. So we've had an enormous amount of churn from the squad. That takes time. We've got a new manager since this time last year. All of that takes time to bed in. And, um, you know, we're not we're not embarrassing ourselves like we were this time last year. So it's it's positive without being sort of overwhelmingly um, hopeful. But um, the sort of the club is moving in a general, generally positive direction. But um, slow and steady wins the race. I don't think we were far off that. Uh, your position this time last year we had a terrible start really it was very we were drawing too many games um so there was a lot of uh you know there was a lot of frustration uh from our point of view because obviously there was great expectation yeah that's that's where we are i mean all of that has come down to the the money that the americans have invested in your club but i think there's still there's still a little bit of acclimatizing from South End fans to do in terms of re- realizing that yes, we are a big fish in a small pond from a historic perspective, but also we're here on merit and um, we weren't good enough to stay in League Two a couple of years ago. And this is where we deserve to be. And if you can't beat the teams in the division you're in, this is where you deserve to stay. And you know that as well as anybody. <laughs> Sadly, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that we're still finding that. Um, we're still finding that the, the difficulty now is that f- for us, we have a young, we have a young side, um, we have a, an enthusiastic uh, team, but they are uh, going to come up against very good physical sides like Chesterfield were last night, coming back from uh, a, a one-goal deficit, coming back from two-one down to win the game when you've only got ten men tells you everything you need to know about that side and how determined they are. Um, and then we're also playing teams like Boreham Wood, who stick 10 men, beso- 10 men behind the ball and um, run the clock down from the fifth minute. So it's, um, yeah, there's lots of different challenges to come to come up against. And um, we're, we're sort of still finding our feet a little bit, but not not bad, but not as good as it could have been. So you mentioned um, you, you'd had a lot of squad churn. It was quite interesting. We this year, for the first time in a long time, we didn't. Um, but nearly every year, you know, in the National League, it felt like you'd lose three quarters of your squad because they were all on one-year deals. Yeah. Um, so I, we've, so we've been there and, and seen that. Um, just um, go over a few of the sort of the, the sort of signings that you've you've made, um, only briefly. And I don't expect you to perhaps remember every one. Um, but just go no, over there's some been a the, few. Some, yeah, well, yeah. Just go over some of the ones that have sort of made an impression, good or bad, on you. I guess. Well, we signed we signed a few this summer, and we signed a few sort of January, February last year. The the transfer window, or lack thereof, or whatever it is in the National League, is a really odd uh, thing. So we were able to pick up players all the way through the year. Um, we uh, were really, really pleased to get Casper Wapata uh, back from Sheffield United. He was a permanent signing um, towards the end of the summer. He's only in the last couple of weeks or so. Um, he was absolutely superb for us, a real leader, you know, considering he's only 21. He's played um, under 21 football for the Polish international side. Um, he is a really, really uh, good player. I would go so far as to say, you know, he's the sort of defensive equivalent of someone like Mullin. Um, you know, he's he's the sort of player that you can really build a team around. Yeah. And and conceding goals is is an important thing if you want to cut, out, cut that out of your game. 
Um, otherwise, uh, players that are really excited, Gus Scott Morris, who we got from Hemel Hempstead Town. Um, sort of, we've we've John uh, Still and part and the recruitment team have done really well to sort of like find these little gems in um, nas- in national league, regional football, and below. Um, so he looks really good, sort of attacking, uh, overlapping fullback on the right-hand side. Um, had some good uh, figures playing for him. Hampstead Town chipped in with a few goals as well. And we've looked weak at right-back for a number of years, really. So it's good to get him in. Um, Cav Miley is a central, is a left-footed central midfielder who likes to win the ball in the, in the central third. Um, quite neat and tidy. Uh, doesn't really um, Doesn't really do anything exciting. Doesn't look to take players on so much. Uh, but very, very sort of capable, quiet, consistent, um, calm player in the midfield. So that's been that's been really good. Um, and then and then up front is where it's been a bit hit or miss over the summer. We've had um, we've signed Chris Ray, who impressed after scoring for uh, being released by Banbury and scoring a load of goals for them last year. Uh, Jake Hyde, who you'll know, we had him on loan. Um, I'm sure you'll be well familiar with the concept of him getting seven minutes, uh, getting injured seven minutes into his debut. Yeah. Um, we have uh, what's this guy we signed? Dakers. I don't know his first name. We signed him from Salford on loan over the last week, um, and we've also got someone from Wimbledon in on loan, but I forget his name as well. And we've got a couple of strikers to come back. Reese Murphy being one of those. So we're sort of we're still trying to find that that final. A bit for us is going to be um, getting those players playing well in the opposition third and actually scoring goals. Um, we we have if everyone's fit, uh, we have a very very good solid base to to try and work out how we're actually going to unpick teams. And we've got lots of different ways. Jack Bridge is like a good, nice, neat and tidy footballer. Likes to cut in from the left hand side. Good ball playing um midfielder attacker in the final third and then we've got pace uh powell callum powell who um will be familiar to you as well yeah. uh likes to likes to sort of um pick up the ball from deep and run at people and uh put the willies up them um so we've we've got the opportunity there to like really attack teams in different ways the signings that we've got have given us flexibility um so we like to play with a back three and wing backs um we're now able to sort of move a lot of those players around they're able to compensate for other players playing in different positions so um if it clicks this year i think we're going to do really well we've we've got the right players in the right positions now but it's just a case of uh if rather than when i think uh, just out of interest callum powell actually i think i used to watch for a uh, welsh premier team as well airbus uh, I think he was there for a season or so. Um, uh, prior, or might have been just after his uh, his Wrexham days, as he rebuilt his career, um, and he was always an interesting watch. Very inconsistent back in the day. Uh, I know he seems to be getting a a little bit better, a little bit better. I know he's got mixed opinions on him, um, but he seems to be getting better. Um, he's he's getting a run in the team now, which is nice to see. Um, his uh, his like decision making when it actually comes to passing, shooting, um, looking up is is the, the only thing that's really letting him letting him down. He's not quite the finished product yet, but you can definitely see there's a player in there. Um, he really likes to take people on, and he is he's rapid. Yeah. Um, uh, and he, you know, he can he can come in on the inside or 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 take people down the wing. So a good versatile player doesn't defenders don't know what he's going to do, other than the fact that when he gets in the in the box, he's likely to hit the ball um, off target. That's about the only <laughs> thing that you can guarantee, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh dear, um, it was interesting with you touching on the uh, the sort of intro, uh, the 
unusual situation about being able to sort of uh, utilize transfer windows up until March, it, uh, it is in the uh, National League. Don't know if were you aware of the the restrictions that Wrexham were under previously with regards to that. I I am gonna um, hold my hands up here and say I am a I was a totally and to some extent still are totally naive um, football uh, football league supporting uh, football league team supporting fan where I just was not aware of any of the different nature of anything in the National yeah. League. I was so confident like with only two teams going down out of out of league two i was just so confident it would almost certainly never happen to us that i just never looked into any of the details for that let alone uh specifics like club for for exxon yeah so obviously what you're finding now is basically the kind of we don't have that sort of as much restriction <laughs> do we which is great no like that was what i remember when i was a lad but the exception to that was was uh, was wrexham so we had to abide by the transfer windows because of our registration with the F- fa wales so we had a tree we had embargoes which you wouldn't have had um up until this year interestingly and uh, it, we've managed to get an exemption to that um so obviously this year should a big player go down with injury obviously we can try and fix that in the transfer market how, how can uh, that be the case if you <laughs> you played football in the english pyramid for as long yeah. as i'm aware of uh, listen i, it, I mean it, you can imagine that we were crying foul that it was unfair um, yeah as you can imagine and obviously every other fan loved it because of you know um and, and obviously it was made worse by the fact that you've then got money but like at the end you know last season we had some big players go down um, and one of them, I think one of them we'd have been able to replace um, if we uh, if we'd have had the current rules, whereas we, you know, um, we, we haven't been able to previously. So it's a massive thing that for us now, as you can imagine, if you've got a bit of cash yeah. and a Paul Mullin goes down at Christmas or whatever, um, or realistically, let's say after the January window would have ended, um, we'll be able to do something about it. So a little boring, interesting fact for you there. Um so oh, good. The... Yeah, no, I really like football administrative, <laughs> niche football administrative legislation. So that's right up my alley. <laughs> bizarre. It was bizarre. <laughs> um, so key players for you. I mean, oh, yeah, we do know Jake Hyde, but he'll probably come off the bench again, won't he? I, I would have thought, given the fact that he's, you know, coming back from injury and they won't want to, you know, they won't want to uh, push him too hard, I would have thought. Um, the, the assumption on my part. Uh, is is that he's not going to be eligible to play? But maybe it is the case that I, I, yeah, there's we've... there's certainly been noise from your from your guys uh, from your side that that perhaps he is he is going to be fine to play. So yeah. I, so I don't know. Um, I think uh, the the chat. Sorry to interrupt. The, the chat I heard that uh, early on when the deal was done that was that was that he would be allowed to play. But historically, when there's a loan, like in the Premier League, you're not allowed to play. So. It's going to be interesting to see. I guess somebody at some point will ask the question. I'm sure in the build-up to the weekend in your local press. Yeah, I, it, it needs answering. Really, he um, he came off the bench last night uh, playing Chesterfield. Sort of, um, I didn't go to that game, but it was sort of uh, suggested that he should have gone down to try and win a penalty in the last ten minutes or so. Uh, it would have been soft, but he should have at least tried. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because that's the professional game these days. I don't want to advocate for that, but there you go. No. Um, uh, what, what was your first question? Sorry. Who are the, well, basically, who, who are the players? Who, who, who's gonna, yeah, who's going to be a threat to us? So, so realistically, um, uh, we we look good down the right hand side, and we look good in central midfield, um, and we have a we have a good defensive unit. So the back three of uh, Wapata, 
um, Kensdale and Hobson are a good sort of shore unit. Kensdale is someone that we got from Canvey Island or Concord Rangers. They sort of merge into one team. Um, there we go. Show, show myself to be a naive fan again. Um, that we got him. He's like a nice little ball playing central mid, uh, central defender. Uh, and then in midfield, Miley and Fongut look pretty good uh, as a pair. No, no real individuals that stand out other than perhaps Dan Mooney. I would say he's the sort of he's the man making things happen at the moment. He's the man um, dribbling into the penalty area. He's the man looking up and uh, playing those killer passes in the final third. Um, so if you can uh, if you can keep an eye on him, uh, then you'll probably get a half decent result out of the game. I would have thought. And so, from your point of view, I mean, I guess to 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 some teams, our our lineup now we're starting to look star studded. Um, who do you think the uh, who do you think the the threats are? Who who? What's your understanding of our weaponry? Well, this isn't going to be a particularly like profound or incisive uh, opinion, but I like Mullen and Palmer are obviously pretty scary. Yeah. Um, that doesn't look good. They're both in the top five of goal scorers in the National League, and you guys are top goal scorers as, as a club, I as believe. It stand, as it stands, yeah, yeah. Early days, but yeah. Well, um, we're playing next week, so I don't really care what the <laughs> what that answer is in March. <laughs> I'm more worried about I'm more worried about the weekend, Matt. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. We've I think we we haven't we haven't conceded that many goals this season. Uh, if you take Chesterfield the Chesterfield game out of the equation last night, um, so it will be interesting to see if our uh, defense can cope with what you guys are going to throw at them. Um, the the uh, I, d- I don't know where else you have strengthened throughout the team. I've sort of just about been getting my head round who plays for you last season, this time last season, based on the um, documentary that's been on Disney Plus. But um, but I dare say all of that might be in the bin now. <laughs> so, uh, uh, um, yeah, well, they, we we bought six players in the summer. Um, oh, okay. So uh, so I wouldn't say all of it, but obviously you, you I won't spoil the surprise. Obviously, um, but yeah, obviously there was a bit of erosion, and a few did obviously uh, did obviously leave. Um, so uh, from a fan's point of view, away supporters, uh, anywhere that you can recommend, sort of that they look to go, because I've never been to yours to, to Roots Hall. So um, will they stick them all in? Uh, will they give them a pub? Will they give them, uh, you know, something locally, or what's the score normally? Um, the, in terms of away pubs, we, so the blue boar, which was the pub, the club was founded in, in, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to get really embarrassed now. I'm going to say a long time 90. ago. Don't worry. Say, yeah. Okay. That's good. Over a century ago. Yeah. Um, we'll say that, um, that's, that used to be a dedicated away fans pub for reasons that no one can really fathom. And then that got taken over by the home fans a couple of three years ago. So in terms of dedicated away fans pubs, the truth is I'm not sure that there are any now. I don't think there's that, that much aggro that anyone needs to worry about. It's all very sort of jovial. Um, depending on how you're coming uh, and depending on how long you're going to spend in the town and depending on the weather, which will influence um, point number two, uh, if you want to go, if you're interested in booze, I would say uh, come via Fenchurch Street. If you're coming on the train, get off at Leon C and wander down the old town for a couple of pints. There's some nice pubs down there, like the uh, the Smack and the Mayflower. If you walk down the end of the old town, that's really, really nice. 
if you are coming a bit closer to the stadium, if you're, uh, you have to forgive me here because I'm a Ponzi craft beer brewer. So there's some nice uh, craft beer pubs close to the ground. You want to go for the mile and a third, which is on Hamlet Court Road. And you want to look for the West Road Tap, which is near the theatre. Um, so there's a few places like that for you. Otherwise, uh, I'll be drinking the railway. And I'm sure to some extent, sort of, I don't know about colours, but I'm certainly sure that, uh, uh, you know, away fans, some away fans will be relatively welcome in there. I'd have thought as long as they don't want to cause any trouble. We had, we've had Oldham fans and Boreham Wood fans in there earlier part of this season. Um, so yeah, any, you know, anyone that isn't a dickhead is, is going to be welcome all over the place and then head down, the, you know, if you're lucky with the weather, head down the seafront, get some fish and chips in you. Um, and, uh, just enjoy yourself really. It is like, you know, it gets a bad rep as, as a, um sort of run down seaside town uh but it's nice it still holds a place in my heart um and you know go and, go and get yourself a nice uh fried donut with a bit of cinnamon and sugar on it go and get yourself some fish and chips go and get yourself some nice beers you'll have a great time it's, and I mean, you'll probably pick up three points it's great it's to be honest it sounds like real or flandidno which are uh, the local sort of uh, coastal areas to us yeah, you'll be fine. You'll have a great time. I'll just add, I'll add them on to my uh, list of places to visit next time. Oh, I'm you definitely away. should. You're just home from home, that is, for you. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a busman's holiday, going to seaside towns, growing up on the, <laughs> growing up on the Essex Riviera. Um, starting lineup-wise, what what will be your guess? What are you, you know, any will there be any shocks from you? Or like us at the moment, our starting 11 is pretty much pretty much in stone uh what we played last night will probably be what we start with barring any uh injuries etc but uh, we've not heard of any so from your point of view what 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 do you think will, will happen from yours i would say a similar sort of thing in fact what i'll do is i'll just very quickly bring up the starting lineup that we had in the fixture uh last night um we oh, i can't do it it's going to be on twitter somewhere um we uh, we have a solid back four. The only real sort of um, interesting uh, bone of contention will be who starts up front. We're playing with a, I don't know what you'd call it. Would you call it? A, it's either a 3-4-3 three, three or a 5-2-3. I don't really know. So we're playing three at the back, two wing backs, two central midfielders, and then two wide forwards and a okay. single sort of like striker out yes. up front on yeah, their yeah, own. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, that was Dakar's last night. Uh, and then Hyde came off the bench. Mooney and Powell have been the two forward players that have supported um, the striker so far. Miley and Fong... I'm doing this backwards now. I'm just starting strikers first. Miley and Fongak have played in midfield. That's become a sort of like fairly stable partnership. We had a guy, or we still have a guy called Noor Hussein, who's an Afghan international, who's played a little bit of league football in his career. Um, he picked up an injury very early on in the season, but he he he's a player that we really need back because he's the sort of guy that's going to take a take a game by the scruff of the neck um, when he can get his foot on the ball. Um, and then at the back, we uh, until Wapata actually came through, we were playing uh, Sean Hobson on the right. We were playing Ollie Kensdale in the middle, and we were playing Louis Lomas, who was Brackley Town's Player of the Year in the National League North last year. And I think he was also in the National League North team of the season. So picking up a sort of 21-year-old centre-back with that sort of pedigree was really, really exciting for us. Yeah. Um, so he Lomas was dropped in favour of Wapata coming in and that pushed Kensdale to the left-hand side of a back three. So it may very well be that 
um, that that back three stays the same as it was last night, which, as I say, Hobson, Wapata, Kensdale. But it might be possible that one of those uh, three makes way and Lomas comes back in for them as we try and find a way of actually like fitting Wapata into the team. Wapata went off injured with like a, a calf or hamstring injury or something like that last night. So it might be muscular. He might be ready for the weekend. He might not. We might go back to that. Um, and then wing backs, uh, Gus Scott Morris, uh, as I say, quite excited with him, scored a goal on his debut, uh, struggled to get fit in the first part of the season, but has but has looked good since coming back. Um, and Tom Clifford, who uh, is a, a local lad who came through the youth system, has not started the season as well as perhaps we'd, we would have liked. Um, and uh, that sort of... Um, down our left-hand side has been a source of much joy for opposition uh, teams over the opening few fixtures this season. So you can definitely look forward to um, attacking down the right-hand side and, and probably, uh, you know, having having as much fun as everyone else has had. So uh, before we do the score predictions and wrap up, I'll, uh, Paul Mullin went off last night. They subbed him relatively early with a tight hamstring so you might get away with it on Saturday. <laughs> Possibly. If only you hadn't picked our top goal scorer from last season to sit on your bench as well. Yeah, well, it's Elliot Lee that's been replacing him of uh, sort of championship fame. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm fully aware Sam Dalby was, is going to sit in your reserves. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out for him. He played in the reserves today, actually. We've got a new reserve team and the reserves lost at Bolton, so... Uh, uh, but he, he but he got he got some time that didn't score but he got some time so we've got a minute left what do you think what's what's your score prediction uh, i'm going to very respectfully uh, and hopefully say that we're going to win 3-1 what would be your guess um i don't you would be lucky to get 3 you'd have to, you would have to play well to get 3 we've we, our home form has looked pretty good um i do think that you are going to have too much for us um, and I do think the sort of inconsistency in terms of lineup and stuff like that is, is going to make us pay. So I, I would expect uh, you guys to, to win 2 0. There ain't no horses running around the Kairos anymore. But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Come rain or shine, you'll hear our cries Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies We're loyal supporters on a lifelong journey We'll live in hope, but we'll die in Cadbury I've been telling I've been telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home 
from a talent like Joey Jones And his best mate Mickey T Di Davis was a druid He loved Cumbri And his namesake Jordan on a scoring spree Legends from far afield like Trinidad We've had great plays And some who drove us mad We've seen the lows and the highs Seeing it all unfold Right before our eyes We've done it all the wreck some way We'll remember everything on that promotion day I've been telling everyone I see I've been telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone who listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we Selling my nephew and my godson I've been selling my dog and the postman I've been selling my mom and dad fees Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league